Hi, my name is Mark Willeman, the host of Supervisory Basics, a 12-episode podcast series that examines how individual contributors can transition to effective leaders. This podcast series is based on the popular Supervisory Basics training program from Impact Achievement Group, a training and performance management consulting company. The Supervisory Basics training program consists of 12 individual yet linked two-hour training modules delivered in leader-led or e-learning formats. For more information, go to impactachievement.com, where you can also download lots of great articles on all the topics we discuss in this podcast series. This is Episode 7, and the topic is Handling Difficult Situations. To discuss today's topic, it is my pleasure to welcome back Rick Tate, Senior Managing Partner at Impact Achievement Group and an internationally recognized expert on management, leadership development, and customer loyalty. Welcome back, Rick. Thanks, Mark. Good to be back again, as always. Rick, are there tried and true processes for addressing workplace complaints and employee conflicts? You know, when you put it in that context, tried and true, uh, you know, what we know about these difficult situations is that uh, nothing is guaranteed to work all the time. Um, However, you know, addressing and dealing with complaints and employee conflicts in the workplace is rarely rarely easy and often difficult. But that said, there are some techniques and tactics. And the way I frame it is that put the odds in favor of the supervisor or manager for effective resolution. So dealing with conflicts and complaints on a catch-as-catch-can basis or reactionary level does lead to unnecessary difficulties and problems in the employee's uh, relationship with their own supervisor or boss. So... When you escalate that to the new manager or supervisor, it's compounded because he or she will probably not have enough historical or organiz- information or organizational savvy to be able to assess the validity of the complaints or reasonably handle them in a, in, in a quick way. So uh, they're difficult, but uh, there are some things that, uh, that will make it uh, odds-on better for the supervisor or manager if they get skilled at it. So would you discuss a typical process for handling a workplace complaint? Yeah, uh, when when managers are new or supervisors, it's their first time doing this type of work. Uh, uh, an effective process, we believe, while they're getting kind of their feet wet in the job, is is kind of a, a three step process. You know, first of all, it's really important to let the employee know that they've they've at least been heard, uh, if not uh, responded to quickly, but at least been heard. And number two is to try to get try to get the employee's reasoning behind the complaint so that uh, it's not just a complaint there's some there's some reasoning for it some basis and then three to let the employee know that you will personally look into it uh rather than just having a a, a ready made answer that might not uh, uh, be relevant so this gives the new manager time to assess and separate invalid gripes from valid complaints to gather information to have effective conversation about the issue kind of kind of check it out into your homework you know some separating petty gripes from legitimate issues that hamper productivity is an important responsibility for the managers because you don't want to spend all your time on the things that really aren't legitimate and aren't valid so we've kind of come up with four questions that make dealing with complaints more effective one is is the complaint valid i.e., how will business results be affected if the complaint is considered? Uh, two would be, can, a, can an adjustment be made to accommodate the worker without being unfair and or to have negative effects on other employees? The third one is, is the complaint a legitimate complaint about the work area? 
or is the problem a result of personal issues and conditions relating only to the one complaining? And then the fourth one is, have recent changes been made uh, with rules, process, procedures that are causing the complaint? If so, was that change made with a valid business reason in mind, therefore justified? What are the consequences, positive or negative, as a result of the recent change? So it's just kind of a way to do your homework to prepare for those conversations. Mm -hmm. What should a new manager do if he or she doesn't agree with the policies or the rules they're supposed to support? First of all, a grounding uh, to be very, very uh, knowledgeable about the company rules and policies is one thing. But more than that, not just to look at a rule or a policy in its form, but to really do your homework to say, why was this created? What's the business reason? There was, most policy procedures have some foundation that says we wouldn't have this if not for something else. So understanding the rationale is the key factor in effectively handling employee complaints uh, since the more a manager can relate that issue, policy, procedure, or rule to the business results and how it impacts the business in a positive way or how it drives the culture the company desires, the more effective that manager's response will be. I mean, there's always cases when a manager or supervisor doesn't agree with company policies or rule. Mm -hmm. fact remains, the manager or supervisor's obligation or responsibility is to ensure policies and rules are adhered to. You know, never criticizing those rules and policies in front of direct reports is, is wise, uh, is wisdom. Uh, you can always have the discussion with your boss about the relevancy of it, but you don't want to be seen as uh, sabotaging those in front of uh, in front of employees. And I also want to emphasize it's critical for the supervisor or manager to understand the rationale. Uh, if they don't do that, then they're left with, because I said so, it's just policy. Rules are rules. There's nothing I can do about it. And those type of responses will simply cause the supervisor or manager to lose credibility quickly. Sure. Let's talk a little about employee conflicts. How does a new manager go about dealing with conflicts between employees? Well, I mean, it's inevitable. You and I both know some employees just don't get along. Human beings being in close proximity during a work day and needing to cooperate to complete most of the work that's required. You know, uh, employees can't ignore each other when things don't go right. So part of the landscape for supervisors and managers is conflict resolution resulting from those type of conflicts. So an important issue for new supervisors and managers in our mind is to make it very clear through kind of setting the rules of engagement up front, uh, name it performance expectations, that cooperation, i.e. playing well with others, is a job requirement. Uh, it's part and parcel of the obligation for, uh, for anybody in the workforce to see that as a, as a personal responsibility. So making that issue clear is, is important up front. And then when a direct intervention is necessary, you know, the first step is talking to each person individually, you know, uh, getting their take on it, avoid being drawn off the subject with side issues, uh, and, you know, trying to have some options to work out in your mind before you have to meet with both coworkers that are in conflict if it, if it comes to that, uh, advising them that their behavior is disruptive and correct and action may be necessary. Might be, might be a step that has to be taken, and then if that doesn't work out, then sometimes you have to resort to formal, uh, formal processes. And if the individuals continue not to get along, if appropriate, 
Well, then you try to avoid assigning work where the two parties will not have to work closely together or adjusting their work locations so they aren't physically uh, near each other. Um, you know, if that's accommodating, then that might work. It's just that's difficult in a lot of situations. The worst thing I think can be done, and I've seen it, and the ripple effect for the unintended consequences is transferring an employee may seem like an appropriate solution. However, transferring an employee is only okay if their performance is acceptable. Uh, transferring an employee whose work is poor to another supervisor is not effective tactic and sends, and sends a bad message throughout the organization. Rick, one more question. Uh, difficult situations include promotions, raises, and even requests for time off. How do you recommend a new manager prepare for these situations? Our take is this. Those kind of requests, any such recommendations must be based on merit. A manager is always on solid ground when, when merit is, is the foundation. Uh, who gets promoted, who gets raises, communicates clearly in the organization uh, what the organization values as far as employee performance and conduct. So, you know, any recommendation requires a clear understanding of that direct report's uh, performance. Uh, and whether it's a promotion or a raise, uh, in those two instances, it's always about money, and money is always an emotional issue to a direct report. Mm -hmm. So while you have past performance ratings, I think the supervisor or manager has to remember that any decision or recommendation is a reflection on their judgment. And that's an important reputation to uh, uh, to have. So just some, some guidelines are any manager should have local knowledge of industry average pay scales for the people they manage, uh, knowledge of company policy regarding raises and merit increases or bonuses, uh, any specific criteria that is unusual to earn that. Um, and then the manager super has to ask themselves, what performance characteristics would influence me to put my reputation on the line to recommend this person for a raise or a, perform or, or a promotion? And what interpersonal factors, like we were talking about before, uh, would I look for for recommending a raise or a promotion also? Because one, I want to make sure that it's earned. And two, I, I really want to make sure that... Uh, uh, that my reputation as a manager in the organization isn't hurt by just frivolous or knee-jerk uh, recommendations to those things. Then you escalate it to time off, as you mentioned and threw in the question. You know, the time off is all about coverage. You know, you do your best to accommodate people, but coverage and, and taking care of the customer and taking care of the responsibilities that we have to, to, to coworkers and things like that, again, that's a merit-type-based decision. And, and sometimes you're going to have to say no. But just saying no for the purpose of being the boss doesn't work. It's saying no with a valid business reason that uh, justifies the response. Yeah, Rick, as always, great information, and thanks so much for sharing your insights. Enjoyed being with you again, Mark. For more information on this topic... Impact Achievement Group or the Supervisory Basics Series, please visit impactachievement.com. And remember, all of our podcast episodes are available for download on iTunes. Just go to the iTunes Store, search for Supervisory Basics Podcast, and subscribe to the free series. Join us next month for episode number eight, where we'll discuss handling performance problems. See you then. <laughs>